Take two. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are doing all right. I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are still doing all the things you know you ought to do during these coronavirus pandemic periods. Keep wearing your mask. Keep staying away from people. And even after you get the vaccines, please, please, please keep taking that precaution because not everybody can take the vaccine or have taken the vaccine. So please keep taking all the precautions. But anyway, enough of all the sad stuff. Let's get down to business. Today is going to be a fun one, guys. Today I'm excited. I don't know if you all can tell because I'm extremely, extremely excited about what we have going on today. I got one of my good people coming on the podcast to talk to us a little bit on here. He's going to share a whole lot of wisdom. There's so much that we're going to be learning on this podcast today. And I'm excited. I I, I just can't stop saying that because I'm extremely excited to have him on the podcast. His name is Kenneth. He runs the TikTok page, Trade, Invest, Simplify, and he shares so much wisdom. Also, check out his YouTube as well because he'd be dropping gems on YouTube on longer content. He can really talk much like me, except he's actually a lot more clearer than I am a lot of times when he's talking because I tend to ramble as I'm doing right now. But anyway, I just want to introduce him on the show. He has over 100,000 followers on TikTok. He continues to grow because he continues to show share great and amazing content on that platform and so i just want him to introduce himself in a way that doesn't talk about anything with finance and anything that has to do with investment so introduce yourself to everybody please i appreciate it man my name is kenneth uh, i'm a self-taught stock trader i've been trading stocks for the last 10 years i live in washington dc uh, i love to cook i love to eat um, i like to go to the gym that's pretty much it i'm a minimalist i don't spend my money i invest my money cool, cool. Yeah, I, actually you know what? we're gonna start off on that minimalism all right um, i just saw one of your videos that you dropped talking about minimalism and i'll just say just talk a little bit more about how you got started with the idea of minimalism what drove you to even think about like yo i don't need as much stuff as i think i need and how did you get to the point where you just kind of reduced the amount of things that you had or were you always somebody who was a minimalist no, I wasn't always a minimalist. Um, my mom and I grew up in a really small apartment here in DC. And my dream was to have a house so big that I would have rooms that were just empty. I just wanted like empty. I just, I was like, I'm going to have a room with nothing in it. That was like my goal. Um, and I remember one day we went to visit my cousin Harris, who was older than me. And he had a house in um, in New Jersey. And he's, a, he's like extreme minimalist. Like everything goes away. You see nothing. You know, like his coaster goes away, his tea kettle goes away, like everything is hidden and packed away. You wow. walk in, it feels like nobody lives there. Um, and I was just like, whoa, like it was it was a shock to me. And um, I thought like, I, I kind of liked it, but I kind of like, kind of, it, some of it seemed a little extreme to me. Yeah. Um, and then that was kind of it. Like I never thought about minimalism again until I was, uh, you know, a little older in my in my mid to late 20s. And I just started noticing how much stuff people had and how much money they were spending on it. And I just like, I didn't know minimal, minimalism was like a thing. I wasn't really like aware that it was about to become like this huge trendy thing. Yeah. Um, I just, I didn't even know there was a, like a word for it. Like, I just was like, why do people have so much stuff? Like they're, they're spending all their hard earned money on garbage that then sits in a closet. Yeah. And some or in storage. Or, store, or they pay, uh, exactly, they pay. I mean, that's the thing that like, I, I would take friends every once in a while, they would say, can you drive me to my, my storage room? 
Um, and I would be like, why do you have, like, you're paying to store stuff that you're not even using. And it's not stuff that like you, you need, like, you know, I, I get it. Like sometimes people have to put something in storage for like a short period of time. Yep. But a lot of these friends of mine, they just, it was just excessive stuff they didn't need. Foam rollers and, you know, old old sweaters. And I'm, I'm like going through, I'm like, are you, do you, why do you, this is a lot of money that you're spending to just put something out of your house because you don't have the room, just donate it. Like, yeah. You know, it, you could sell it, you could donate it to like local charities or something like people could use the stuff and it's just sitting there and I just, it's just the amount of money that, and then you would also hear people say, oh, I have no money to invest. Like I want to invest. I wish I could buy stock in Apple, but you know, I, I have no money. And then you go to their house and you look in their closet and it's like piles of, of stuff. And you know, it's like all these things could have bought you a lot of shares in a company. Yeah, I, I, one of the things when you mentioned the thing of storage, I was reading an article recently, and it was saying that there's going to be like a boom in, as people are trying to move, whether it's out of the city or into the city. But there's going to be a bigger boom in storage spaces being bought and built up because people are just buying more stuff. Even during the pandemic, the expectation was like it would actually slow down, but regardless, the opposite is happening. Where storage companies and storage, because I keep up with some REITs that handle a lot of storage spaces, they're saying that they're actually seeing a boost where they don't have enough space for people to store things and they, they need to build out more storage capacity. And in my head, I'm like, that 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 doesn't seem to compute with what's going, but it seems like the opposite happens whenever we go through these downturns. You have a few people who like start holding on to their money more, but you see the opposite effect also where people also have this like YOLO type of life. Like, okay, I got to buy everything that I've ever thought about buying before. And it's like the opposite tends to read into people buying more and more and more stuff. Yeah, I saw, I saw a commercial the other day for one of those storage facility companies. And it was just people on their, like the commercial was just people on their sidewalk. And they were throwing stuff into the in the trash can and the trash can was on fire and they're crying and they're like they're like it sparks joy but i just don't have the room for it and they're throwing all this stuff in their trash and then the like the voiceover guy comes on and is like you don't have to get rid of stuff you can we'll come and pick it up for you and like you know i just i just keep seeing these commercials more and more and i like i said i live in a i live in dc i live in a kind of small apartment and when this like you said like when this whole thing happened I would go downstairs to get my mail and there would be packages like I've never seen before because people are bored and they're at home and they're like, well, yep. maybe I'll get a new, you know, if, you know, if I'm sitting here and people are like, I'm on a Zoom call and, and there's nothing behind, maybe I'll get a painting for the wall behind me or maybe I'll get some new, I'm looking at those pillows on my couch, I kind of hate them, I'm going to get some new pillows, oh, I don't like this, oh, I don't, and they're just because they're bored. Yep. Um, instead yep. of like, and you know, what could you do in the beginning? Couldn't go anywhere. They didn't want you to even go outside for the first couple of weeks. So, so we just filled up our house with a lot more yeah. stuff. It's filled it up. And it's, you know, I think a lot of it is boredom. And I think a lot of it is a desire to keep up with the Joneses. And yep. some of it's probably some like depression and, you know, fill the void. I'm sad because of this. So I'm going to, you know, I mean, you know, how it, like when you get a package in the mail, you're all excited. excited. Like, Yep, definitely. Yeah, I'm like I'm as excited as you were in your in your intro. Like I'm like oh, like I get like I get the alerts on my phone and I'm like it's here and I run downstairs and you know I open it up and I'm all excited and then I you know I'm like all right and then I throw it on the couch and I forget about it. <laughs> and for some people, it's like you know I, I like that feeling, so I'm gonna keep shopping because it makes me feel good. So they good. get it, they get their Kate Spade bag or their new shoes or a, a fancy watch and they love it. And then a week later, the people stop commenting and they go, oh, 
and you know so they have to go and they have to get another one and then you know it's like it keeps on fueling that that dopamine hit over and over and over again and those are the just ones who these storage companies are relying on yep yep and it's i think that just goes into most of everything else of like just generally in the way that we we it seems we go through everything and we'll start talking about investing and just in general one of the things you notice even for people who do invest is it, they're more reliant one thing i've noticed is like when i first started investing i was reliant more on the dopamine hit that i was getting more than like just making solid investing strategies and living that like investing in and of itself is extremely boring like once you figure it out it's not like this exciting thing of like oh i'm doing this and i'm doing this it's like you get into it and you're like okay once it does this it's like okay cool and it's extremely boring you spend more time reading and spend more time looking at a chart or something than you do actually buying or selling anything it's just kind of like okay and it's extremely boring but because we want that ride we want that hype we want that feedback of like okay like i need to do this i'm gonna do this and then you end up costing yourself so much more so can you talk a little bit as a, a, a swing trader and a stock trader how's one of the ways that you mitigate because i feel like the one of the reasons that i don't day trade or swing trade or anything like that is because i know myself like i know that if i start doing this i'm just gonna be chasing the high over and over again so how are you able to mitigate chasing after that dopamine hit and actually stay in your frame of consciousness to make sure that you're not playing yourself Sure. So I always like one of the big things I always talk about is make sure you have a plan and you stick to your plan, whether it's a goal or a time frame or a stock that you want to trade, whatever it is, or even a loss, right? Like sometimes stocks start dropping. What are you going to do? Like a lot of people just go, oh man, I hope it comes back because I need it to be, I need it to make money. And like, this isn't a strategy, you know, like what's your strategy? Okay. You're down 4%. You need to cut that loss. Especially a lot of people, they don't have tons of money to trade with. And what happens is they don't want to take a small loss because they don't want to be wrong. And then they end up sitting on a huge loss. And if they don't have tons of money to trade with, they can't trade anymore because that money is tied up in a stock that's down 30%. Yeah. So whatever your plan is, you know, I, I say it as much as I can is like, try to stick to your plan as often as you can. And that also works for taking profits too, right? Like if your goal is to make $200 on a trade and you hit that $200, you know, yeah, you want to look at the charts. Yeah, you want to look at the news because maybe it keeps going a little bit. And you don't want to just get out just because, especially if it's going to keep running. But it's definitely something you have to look at your your goal. All right, I hit my goal. I made what I said I was going to make. It looks like maybe this momentum is over. I, I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to hold just because I want to try to double it. Like a lot of people are like, wow, I made $200. I want to make 400 now. And like, <laughs> no, like you, you, you had your goal. And they're like, yeah, but I, I hit it really quick. Like I hit my goal really quick. So why, why, why won't why it, wouldn't it keep going? I want it. Well, because you have to look at all the news and the charts and the technical analysis and it might. And that's why you look first. You don't just, oh, I hit my goal. I sell. Um, you look at the news. But if you look at all the stuff, all the charts and you go, oh, I think it's slowing down here now. I'm going to take it. You walk away. The first thing I say is, you know, you have your plan. But the second thing I always recommend is when you hit your goal is to walk away for a minute. You know, like, I mean, for me, I always talk about like the goal isn't to make all the money, right? The goal is to just make enough that you're comfortable and you can live and pay your bills. That's why everyone goes to work. Like, like for, for me, I would prefer to work in my home, in my pajamas and not go out and have like, I mean, I didn't go to college. So my jobs are going to be like entry level stuff or sales you're going to get yelled at by your manager all the time 
and I don't I don't miss that. I didn't like it when I did. Um, that's what I'm trying to avoid. So if I'm making $12 an hour or whatever the minimum wage is somewhere, that's what I'm trying to duplicate and maybe a little bit more. And um, so I remind myself, like, I'm not trying to become a millionaire on every single trade. I don't want to be too greedy. I, I come up with my goal. I stick to my plan. When I hit my goal, usually I walk away, right? Like if I'm making $180 working at Starbucks or CVS or something, and I make $200 on a trade, I've made what I would have made out there. So yeah. I'm done for the day, right? Like you can take the day off. Or, because I think what a lot of people do is they they hit their goal and they're like, now I want to double it. Yeah. Now I want to, I got to find something else because that was exciting. <laughs> I got to find something else. And that's usually when they stop sticking to their plan and they throw it all out the window and they're like, they're like, no, I got, I got to find something else. And that's when they, they take on a, a risk that they're not, you know, they're not thinking clearly because they're too excited. And that that's when they end up taking a loss on something. So if they have their, if they hit $200 on their goal and then they get into a loser and they lose $100 because they were trying to be greedy, yeah. they, you know, just be happy with what you got. Take yeah. your goal, walk away. Even that's if it's just for like 10 minutes to like calm down for a second, go sit on the couch, scroll through TikTok or whatever, just to like decompress and be like, all right, I hit my goal. I'm not going to be stupid and try to, you know, waste it. That definitely is, I mean, we talk about it all the time, like making a goal, like setting goals and making a plan. Like if you don't know, if, if you don't have some kind of guide guardrail, you're just basically in the wild west and anything can happen. But speaking of just going back to, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but I didn't even give you a chance to even talk about how you got started in investing and what got you not in trading. Oh, by the way, everyone, um, very important that we make this distinction uh, so that everybody takes knows it. When I say trading, trading is different from investing in the sense of like trading is something you're actively doing regularly. Investing is more focused on long-term returns, more focused on something you do, uh, I mainly do passively in order to like build wealth over time and compound that. Um, you can do both. I know Kenneth does, definitely does both. Um, and he'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but I just wanted you to share your story of how you got started investing. And I think it's very interesting for most people to hear about Sure. Um, I got started investing um, really because, I mean, I don't want to, like my grandma, I would go up to her house. She lived in New York and she would, we would be sitting on the couch watching the news or whatever, Jeopardy. And whenever the news person would say like, and now to Wall Street, my grandma would be like, shut up to me. And she would like listen on the screen. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, why, why is this so important? So I started listening to them and they would be like, the Dow Jones was up, whatever. My grandma would like be like telling me to shut up and like, you know, um, she didn't want to miss what they were going to say about the stock market. And so I was like, this must be important. Like, I don't know. And my mom had investments and, you know, you would, you know, this was in the nineties. So, you know, Ameritrade, that kind of stuff didn't exist. There was no, yeah, yeah. you had a broker. It was a lot harder back then. It was a lot harder and it was expensive. They, they charged $200 to buy and $200 to sell. I mean, they, it was, you know. Plus, you had to be on the phone. It wasn't really like you just pop open an app and just buy and sell easily. You know, oh, so many more roadblocks. Yeah, even when it was $10 to buy and sell on Ameritrade, it was still unbelievably cheap compared to like how it used to be where you'd call your broker and he would be like, well, the financials look good and I recommend it. And I'm going to charge you $200 for that plus, you know, to buy the, the shares. Um, but I would listen to my mom in the background, like be on the phone with her broker and like, should I buy this? And what's the dividend? And, you know. I don't know what any of that stuff means, but it was kind of there. And um, 
when I found out like you could own companies, I was like, I was a fat little kid. So I was like, I want to own McDonald's. And my mom was like, okay. So she called up her broker and was like, Kenneth wants some stock at McDonald's. And I guess she had a custodial account for me. So I felt like I owned it. Like we would drive around and I'd be like, that's my McDonald's. Like, and um, that's literally the best, like where you first get started. Like that was one of the, me and my friend, when we first got started investing, that was like literally it for us. We're like, yeah, now we own Apple. Now yeah. it's like you drive around, you go into Walmart and you're like, yeah, I own this store. There was a, I think I saw somebody, there was either a joke that I saw on Instagram or something. And it was like, the guy walked into Walmart, picked up something and walked out. And then when the store clerk stopped him and said, hey, hey, you can't just take it that out of here. And he was like, I own the store. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, it doesn't work that way. But yeah, just the idea of like, I own this business. Right. It's like. Yeah. I saw this guy on TikTok the other day and in his bio it said co-owner of Apple, Facebook, Microsoft, and whatever you <laughs> That was hilarious. I was like, why didn't I come up with that? Um, but uh, but yeah, like it was like McDonald's for me. Like that's the stock I wanted to buy. And then um, and then a couple years later, I'm a huge professional wrestling fan. Um, WWE, now now WWE, but WWF back then, yeah. they were gonna go public. And I was like, I have to buy this stock. Like I have to be an owner of like, I'm a huge WWE fan. I gotta own it. And so we bought some stock in, in WWE and uh, my mom was like, well, we should go to the shareholders meeting. And I was like, the what? And um, <laughs> we went to the shareholders meeting. It was in Connecticut and it was in like some small little office building and like the whole McMahon, like Vince McMahon was there and like the whole McMahon family was there. And then they, they started building out on these shareholder meetings. Like there were bigger and bigger events and they would give you like t-shirts and mouse pads and stuff like that and like a little goodie bag um, <laughs> and uh that that was like really the first stock that i bought that i was really interested in like fat little kid i was just excited to own mcdonald's i didn't know what it meant but <laughs> when by the time wwe went public i was like oh i gotta own this company and they were gonna pay dividend and um so that's really where i got started investing and then um and then fast, uh, fast forward to like 2003 when I was graduating high school um, and I got an Apple computer as a gift and I was like, this computer is amazing. And I'm looking around and all my friends had iPods, like the iPods had just come out, like the huge, like the huge thing with the spin wheel. Yeah, I remember that. And um, all my friends had iTunes accounts and all my friends had these iPods and everyone was getting these Apple gifts, you know, like the computers and whatever. And I was like, maybe I should be investing in this, like, Apple seems like the company. And um, we called my mom's broker and like, I was I was 18, so I didn't know how to give like a sales pitch. Like, as the, yeah. like I couldn't sell why I wanted it. I just kind of like knew. You just knew. Yeah. I just was like, all I knew was everyone has their product and everyone loves it. I didn't know that they were gonna be like um, disrupting any music industries. And I didn't know that they were gonna be a growth company for, you know, 15 years or whatever. Like. I didn't know any of the terminology. I didn't know to like look at their balance sheet and like make the case to the broker. I just knew, just knew. Like, everyone was, yeah, you just knew. And we called the broker and he was, he was much older. And uh, I was like, I want stock in Apple. And I had like a couple thousand dollars saved up from like, you know, dog walking, and shoveling cars in the winter. And, and I was like, I want 300 shares of Apple. It was uh, $9 a share. And Ooh. he was like, oh, right? Oh, wow. Like, you are wasting your money. What? 
And I was like, no, all my friends have it. And the computer is great. And he was like, Apple's, it's a computer company. Like, and I was like, no, they have music. And he was like, oh, it's a fad. Nobody wants to buy music on a, on the computer. They want to own it. They want tape cassettes and CDs. They want to own their music. And I was like, mm. and he talks me out of it. He was like, look, just don't, don't waste your money on this company. Um, you know, and I was like, but I really want it. He was like, well, call me back in a week. So a week later, Apple goes from $9 to $12. And I was furious because I was like, look at like, it was nine, now it's 12. And he was like, all right, look, like, we'll compromise. Uh, you can get a hundred, you should buy a hundred shares. If you, if you really want it, you should get a hundred shares. Um, and then it was just like straight, I think Apple went to like 225. Like after that, like they just kept growing. The phone came out and, um, then the um, the uh, recession happened in 2008 or whenever it was, and Apple went from 225 to $69 a share. I remember that. I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do, and I called the broker because I still wasn't like that into stocks. And yeah. I called the broker and I was like, "What do I do?" And he was like, "Sell it, sell it. You bought it at 12. It's 69. You have a profit. Why wouldn't you take it?" And I was like, uh, uh, "All right, fine, sell it." As soon as we sold it, like that was 69 was the absolute lowest that it got him. That was the bottom. If anything, he should have said, look, you're 23 years old. Relax. Relax. Like people my age are freaking out because, you know, Retire, we only got a couple man. years left. And we need our cash. And, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last. But you're 23. You were right. It's a great company. We see that they've changed so many things. If anything, maybe you buy a little bit more if you can afford it at 69. Like if you buy 10 more shares or 50 more shares, like whatever you could afford, maybe you should buy. But he was like, sell it. And I was like, okay, sell it. And then Apple, they did a split and then they went to like $750 a share. And then they did another split. And um, I mean, it's it was like, the, Apple has done like eight splits or something like that. Like, yeah, they've done a lot of splits. Yeah. Uh, they just did one, another one. Last year. Yeah, last year. Um, and then, you know, of course, you, you sit there and you do the math and you realize that if you had kept those 100 shares the whole time, you'd be worth like 1.5 million. And that makes you sick, you know. And then you and then you do the math on the 300 shares that you initially wanted, and it's like $5 million. And you're like, I can't believe. All from, all from one phone call to a broker who, you know, you think... You, you trust these people because they're they're like the they're educated, they're professional. He works in the sector. He knows everything. Um, and you listen to them. And I mean, I'm sure there are brokers out there who are spot on and give great advice. You know, but the one that I had was like, no. And um, <laughs> that's like so is uh, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite authors. He's also an investor, uh, Peter Lynch. That was one of his biggest. He like basically took shot. He was a fund manager, but he took shots at the industry. And he was just like, individual, like small guys, you guys don't really need us like that because there are certain things that you know about that we don't see on time. Right. Especially back in the old days when news didn't travel as fast and things were just like, where like nowadays, a lot of stuff pops up very quickly because we have the internet. Once one person makes a video about something, everybody's gonna be like oh that's pretty interesting and everybody jumps on the on the train i mean even though even though the general public may not know about it but there are certain things that just travel faster but back in the day you you had the edge of like 
I'm seeing all these young people grow up with Apple in their mouths, like literally grow up with Apple being all around them. And that's one thing that I always like to tell people is like, there are certain things in the, whether it's in your industry or in your friend group, or just like driving around your city, you just notice stuff of like, wait a minute, why am I seeing this thing consistently everywhere? Like this is telling me something, like something is changing that I know something about. And I was telling, I think I was talking to a friend of mine and she's super young. And I was just like, there are things that your age group are going to do that's completely going to change everything else. So I have to listen to you to know like, okay, right. what is what is the 13 year old doing now? What is the 15 year old doing now? Like, because they're gonna be the ones that drive the economy in the future. And I need to be on that edge to know like what's gonna happen. So yeah, what brands do you like? What apps do you use? What, you know, all that stuff. Like? Who do you not like? And then you, yeah, sure. Yeah, all that stuff. But yeah, that's great, man. But then what got you going from just investing into trading, into like being like, oh, I could maybe turn this into not just something I do on the side, but something that you actively do. Was it like you, you were working somewhere? Because I, I, you said you, I hate the hours and all that stuff. That you were working somewhere and then you just kind of was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, I was working um, I was working at this gym. Um, and, and the gym had always been a, a corporate, you know, like a giant corporation, like overlooking them. But in the beginning, the managers were like, they had a lot more freedom. They could run it like it was their own gym. They didn't have yeah. to talk to the regional and district manager and get permission to do whatever um i loved it i really wanted to do sales i wanted to be a membership sales and every time i asked them can i do membership sales they'd be like no we've got our team we've got our crew and they put me at the front desk and they were like look you'll i was writing a book back then so they were like they were like you can write like bring in your laptop you can write your book you'll basically get paid to write your book um and you get paid and you'll get a free membership and i was like all right for like a year I'll do it. And then maybe one of the membership guys will leave and I'll, I'll get to do sales. Yeah. And that never happened, but I worked there for about five years and there was this guy who worked there like part-time and he was older. And so I thought like old is wise and he would come in and be like, you gotta buy the stock. It's going, it's going crazy. You gotta buy it. You gotta buy it. And I would go home and I would buy like as much as I could afford. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I would buy, I'd buy like thousands of shares and garbage companies and then I would lose and then I would lose like every like day I wouldn't check every day I didn't have a stop law I didn't know about cutting losses like I knew nothing and then I would check and it would be down like 30 or 40 percent I would be like oh my god and I would talk to him and be like what happened and he'd be like yeah you win some you lose some like he didn't you know. <laughs> that is not very helpful like what I was like this is not I was like I, I really like the idea of being a trader but I don't know at all what I'm doing. And listening to this guy, it's like listening to people on TikTok today. Like, you gotta buy this stock. And like, like it's like, you you look like, who who are you? Why am I listening to you? And what is it that you're doing that I should, you gotta tell me step by step. You can't just be like, buy it now and then bam. Yeah, you, you can't do that. And there's so many people on TikTok who are like, buy the stock and then they buy it. And the person who's saying go buy it has already bought and sold it. And then it starts dropping and they're like, well, what do I do now? And it's like, well, you should have sold it three weeks ago. And it's like, ah, you know? <laughs> and so like that, that was this guy at my gym. He was like, you want some, you lose some. And um, I was like, I gotta like, I like this. I like the idea of being a trader. And meanwhile, like at the gym, um, they had gotten taken over by this humongous corporation that was gonna take them public, you know, like, yeah. you know, I mean, I trade stocks and I, I invest in stocks, but like also like, 
I understand it, the I'm other like, side of that. It's like a huge kiss of death. Like it, it ruins morale. It, it you know yep. puts too much pressure on the employees. It it just takes away the unique uniqueness of the company because everything has to look the same whether yep. you're in DC or Montana. And I just hated that. And they started like they started they would pull the sales guys in and they'd make them cry. And they would have like these hour-long meetings three times a day like why are you failing why haven't you hit your goal you're you're a loser and they would be like they'd be like i'm trying and then one time the manager was like you can't go home until you sell a membership and it was like 11 30 at night and the, the guy the manager had gone home at six o'clock and the man the manager was calling the gym every hour did he did he make a sale yet did he make a sale yet and i'd be like no not yet not yet and finally the membership guy comes downstairs and the manager calls and the guy picks up the phone and he's like, can I, can I go home? It's like almost midnight. Nobody's coming in at midnight to join. And the manager's like, yeah, fine, you can go home, but you better make a sale tomorrow. And the, the sales guy just looked like he was just like so weak, like he was so like sad looking. And I was like, I can't do this. And they, they were asking me to do sales at that point, which is what I always wanted to do. But now I'm like seeing how poorly they're being treated. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and the only thing that I knew was like the stock market is there. And maybe, I mean, I've lost all this money by listening to this guy, but maybe if I do it correctly, right maybe I can make this work. So I got a couple books and I read them and started practicing a little bit um, to like get ready to leave the gym. And then I got fired <laughs> uh, for being a difficult employee. <laughs> um, <laughs> And um, and uh, they fired me anyway because like the management had shifted so many times yeah. that like the new manager would come in and start yelling and be like, "Why is your shirt not tucked in?" And I'd be like, "Who cares? Like the desk comes up to here. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have to be wearing pants. Nobody can see." And I would get written up, and they would yell at me, and I was just like, "Time is running out. I can't. I can't do this much longer." Um, and then I got fired, which was like the perfect push. Um, and then I just, I was like, well, I've got some money in savings and I was living at home. So it wasn't that much of a concern. I feel like I had a quiet, like I, ha I had the luxury of time. Yeah. I could sit there and try and practice. I didn't feel like I had to be successful right away. Um, and then, but, but also it was like uh, 2011. So Obama had been elected and we had this great bull market, like the markets were surging. So it was a lot easier yeah. to be a, a trader in a bull market because everything was going up anyway. So that's kind of how I got started. And then they just kind of went from there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I, I think one of the things you said, just even going through it, the, the fact of even when you invested and you lost some, you invested and lost some, the fact that I think one of the things I always share with people is like, you have to going back to the minimalism thing is like, you kept your cost of living low enough to where you had the opportunity to even make those moves, right? And even when you did lose your job, you've kept your living standard low enough to where it wasn't like panic because yeah. a lot of a lot of times when it comes to anything with money it's like once something goes out the door it's just panic and it goes back to that minimalism it's like can we keep our cost of living to an extent where we have some savings and we've already like one thing i was like plan for the worst like hope for the best but you gotta plan for the worst as well and it's like you have it set aside to where you were living just doing i mean you still enjoyed your life but at the same time you weren't like overdoing it to like impress somebody or anything like that. And you were able to like take that and then run with it once something happened. And mm -hmm. I think that really is like a lesson that we all can learn from. It's just 
you never know what can happen. Right. If you overextend yourself financially all the time, then when there's a crisis moment, you know, you're in real trouble. Yep. You're in real trouble because you've overextended yourself. It's like, oh, we're always, it's always going to be good times. So I can just keep buying and buying and buying and it's no worries because my job is stable. Everything is stable. Everything's good. You never know, you know, a robot could come and take your job tomorrow or the company could ship the job overseas or they could downsize or there could be a coronavirus out of nowhere. Like you don't know. And so, you know, yeah, it's cool to like get things that you like and make you happy, but too much of that puts you in real hot water when, when, anything happens yeah man that's scary and that's definitely uh something that i've just like i always try to share is just like there are steps to everything and and one one thing that i'm happy about is we're going to go through this period after this coronavirus pandemic where a lot of people are going to focus on their finances which is good but the thing that i worry about is with the government just kind of has given a lot of funding out which is awesome and it's awesome to see the problem on the other side of that is just looking and seeing like are people like I, I saw an article yesterday where it said that people have spent over what was it like 70 billion dollars shortly after the, the the new set of stimulus and it was like guys are we still doing this like i thought i thought this like i know the pandemic's coming to an end because vaccines and everything but i was like are we are we really still doing this exact same thing yeah and it's just i was like come on like we we have to at some point start learning from from our mistakes i I don't i don't i'm not that optimistic about that because you you remember during the iraq war when uh gas shot up to like five dollars a gallon and people were dumping their suvs they couldn't get rid of their suvs fast enough they were selling them as fast i mean any i don't care just take it i can't afford a nine mile per gallon truck anymore take it take it um, and then, and then the, you know, the war kind of like slows down and the, and the gas prices start to drop oh, a little bit and what did everyone run out and buy? SUVs. SUVs. And maybe the mileage got a little better. You know, maybe it was 13 miles per gallon instead of nine. Not really. And, and still till now, everyone's still like the most popular car on the road is the F-150. That's literally a gas guzzling car. They dominate. They dominate. Nobody learned. Come on. Like, didn't you see what could happen? In, in bad times and, and you see it like I mean that was with the cars and the gas prices were so expensive and now we're seeing it with the jobs and you know and these you know robot things taking over I mean I go to CVS there's one person working there and the rest are just the robot checkout checkout self-checkout things like you know on the one hand raising the minimum wage is long overdue yep. on the other hand I'm concerned that these companies like McDonald's are going to be like do we really need to be paying someone $15 to make fries when we could just buy a robot to do it? Like, it's going to be a matter of time before there's a robot going with the ketchup and assembling the hamburgers. And and what are those people going to do? That's, that's I mean, even, even after this pandemic happened, I was reading something and it said that there's a lot of jobs that are just definitely not going to come back after this pandemic. A lot of jobs that are just going to stay gone. And that's... And that's something that I always like, it's just, I don't know what the day is going to be when my job that I do every day that I love to do is going to be automated to the point where it's just kind of like, oh, we don't, we don't really need you anymore. And it's just, it's like, well, we just got to keep planning for, for the, for something that we, we can't see. And it's just so important that we have those leverages and those things in place to, to balance things out. But 
Anyway, I have a few uh, other fun questions. We're entering into the fun part of the podcast. But before we do that, one more question. Will you ever get into options trading? Because I know you've made (laughs) people ask you about options a lot. They're always like, I don't do options. (laughs) Which is, that's one of, and this is another thing that I really liked about your TikTok was like, a lot of times when people don't know something, they try to finesse, like they know what they're talking about. But I love the fact that you were like, well, I don't know what this is. So I'm gonna push you to somebody who actually does know that stuff. Yeah, there's, I think there's this thought that like, if you're gonna be in in finance or trading or whatever, that you have to know everything about everything. You gotta know crypto and Forex and currencies and then crypto or currency is Forex, but, and you have to know uh, shorting and puts and options and you have to know all this stuff and you don't. Like I've been trading stocks for 10 years. I I've nev- I trade options like maybe 10 times a year and I lose on nine of them. <laughs> no matter what I do, no matter who I listen to, I either, I don't get out soon enough or I get out too soon and then it rock, like I can't, I can't figure it out. And, and I don't really need to. I don't need to figure it out because I have what works for me. Yeah. And so like, could I learn about it? Sure. Is it is it worth my time? No. <laughs> could it benefit me on TikTok? You know, like, yeah, maybe. Like if I learned options, then it could be another area that I could teach about and get more views and more likes and more follows. But yeah. it's just not, I don't, I don't need to do that. And I don't want to do that. And I don't like options. I lose money on them all the time. Like why? You know, so like when people ask me, like, uh, can you explain the strategy? Nope. I tell them, go follow someone else. You know, I'll tell them who to follow, you know, like, yeah. it's just not my area. Um, and I trade, I, I do like I'll every, every once in a while, I'll be like, this is too good to be true. It has to work this time. And I'll, I'll buy a call on something and then it'll drop or, it, or the stock will go up. And I'll still lose money. Yeah, that's oh my gosh, that's the thing I never understand with options. It's like I was right, (laughs) but I was still wrong. Like what? (laughs) I'll buy something at like it's gonna be a hundred and three dollars by this time, and then it's a hundred and seven, and I have like a loss. And I'm like, what? Like, cause it cause it gets the closer to the expiration, the more worthless it becomes. But I just uh, I'd rather own the stock. Yep. You know, I'd rather own it. If I'm if I'm betting that Apple is gonna be up in three months, I just buy the stock. Buy the stock. Yep. Literally. That's that's been my uh my strategy. It's like the only way I'll do options, and I've talked I've said this is if I do like simple uh covered uh covered calls or I'm set actually when I sell the the I just sell the contracts because for me I'm like I want to own the shares. I just want it at a discount. So in order for me to have it at a discount, I'll just sell it. And if I can't get it at that price, I'll just make the, the uh, I'll just get the, the premium on it and just get paid passive income by doing it that way. But actually buying options, I'm just like, ah, I'm good. I'm good on that. Cause I just, I cannot, it's like, I keep watching videos and I'm like, I gotta figure this thing out. I gotta know exactly how, and it's like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I give a lot of credit to the, to the people who trade options who can make it work. That's that's next level because I can't yeah. I can't figure it out. It's, it's just okay. Awesome. It's like I like these. I don't have to know everything. It's like <laughs> you don't have to know. I just got to know what I know, and that's that's it. That's cool. Yeah. That's it. All right, let's get into this quick game. It's this or that, and right. you have to pick one or the other. Every okay. single one of these, you have to pick one or the other. Okay. All right, swings or day trades? Um, swing trades. Line graph or candlesticks? Candlesticks. Gold or Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Silver or Ethereum? Ethereum. 
Dogecoin or AMC? Uh, uh, Dogecoin. <laughs> GameStop or Litecoin? Uh, Litecoin. GameStop or BlackBerry? GameStop. <laughs> GameStop or AMC? AMC. GameStop or Apple? Apple. <laughs> he was like, wait, that's a, that's 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 a like, simple that one. Like, what is he trying to do with me here? <laughs> All right, Apple or Microsoft? Stockwise first. Uh Apple. I now, know Apple or Microsoft Apple. computer system. Apple. Apple. Uh let's see. Apple or Google? Ooh. I'll go I'll go Google on that one iOS or Android? iOS. Amazon or Google? Amazon. Amazon or Facebook? Mm. Amazon. Amazon or Apple? Amazon. <laughs> Spring or fall? Fall. House or condo? Uh, house. Rental or own? Own rental properties, or let me, let me put it this way: rental condo or rental house. Rental house as an investment. Okay, cool. Uh, stock Santa or stock Cupid? Stock Santa. <laughs> By the way, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, uh, last year in Christmas, uh, Kenneth did a whole thing about being stock Santa and talking to people about buying stocks, not stuff, and it was so funny. Like it was just great. It was just awesome. And then. In February, he did Stock Cupid. And then this leads to another one. Stock Cupid or Stock... I don't even know. It was like St. Spatic. What, what was that? It was... A stock Leprechaun. Stock Leprechaun. Yeah. Uh, stock Cupid. Just because the costume was easier to put on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the, uh, the glasses you wore was so like... It just right. it would not work. All right. So Stock Santa or Stock or Stock Leprechaun? Stock Santa. All right. That's, that's the game. Thank you I for like playing it. on this game. Yeah. Now the audience gets to pick if you did well or if they're going to shout at you in the next video you post because you picked Apple over Microsoft or AMC over Dogecoin or anything like that. I know Microsoft is yours. Microsoft like is my it. baby. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't, I, I think both of them, you can't really go wrong with either one of those companies. Like, it's like, I mean, even, so here's a backstory of me and Apple. In 2000, and when I was first getting started investing in everything, in 2016, like the first investment that i ever did for me and my friend we have been talking about it we didn't have any money we were in school we were barely getting food to eat so that was like we weren't doing it but when i got my first job i was talking to him i was like i'm finally gonna do it i'm finally gonna do it and like i went into a fidelity i opened an account and i put like i put a like hundred dollars in there and had like what was it was like five or fifteen dollars something like that between five and fifteen dollars per trade or something like that i can't really remember but i had like a hundred dollars i put it in there and it was like, oh, I could only buy like one share of like anything, basically. And so I was like, what should I buy? And it was like between Microsoft and Apple. And even as an Apple hater, because I hated all Apple devices at that point, I was like, this device is stupid. It doesn't let you do anything. I still understood that everybody loved Apple devices. Like literally everybody was using them. So I was like, I'm going to buy Apple. So I bought Apple and it actually did pretty good. It was like, at that point, it was like $73 a share or something like that. And it shot up to like a hundred and something. And this is why I don't listen to financial advisors anymore. Because 
I was like, oh, I should buy more. And they were like, why would you do that? Diversification, diversification. And I was like, I'm already diversified. Like I have this over here. And it was just like, and they made me like, at that point, I also didn't know what I was doing. So I was listening to them and all that. And I sold out of it. And I was just like, man, if only because at that point, I still knew that Apple had so much growth because in 2018, everyone was hating on Apple. And I was like, but I still see everybody buy Apple products like all the time. But hey, what did I know? The thing about Apple is like everyone thinks that they're like over now. Like it's it's just like it's Apple and they've done it and they're gonna they're gonna do their phone and their computer and that. Don't don't discount what Apple is gonna do in the next ten years. Yep. Apple, they're not stupid. Yep. You know you you don't get to being over a trillion dollars, uh, market cap, By because this. you're dumb. Yep. Because you're dumb. Yep. They they're gonna do stuff ten years from now that we're gonna go oh my god so like. We say like, oh, their growth is done, and you know their big boom of the last ten or fifteen years is over. Maybe for maybe for a minute while everything cools down, as they try to re- redirect themselves. I think the smartest thing Apple started doing was like making wearables because that was like nobody, literally nobody saw that coming. And then they just they did it. Now we're used to it, and yeah. nobody wants to talk about it. And I'm like, now they're going into software, and I'm like, man, Apple is just one of those companies that's just like. They can pivot on like most, and they're willing to cannibalize certain things to make sure that they keep growing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a matter of time. You'll have a car. I'm sure of it. Yep. Or at least have the software that makes software every stuff. single one of these cars. So right. it'd be like crazy. But anyway, uh, before I let you go and let you get out of here, uh, what is one thing that you want to spend the most money on, even if it's the most ridiculous amount of money? But uh, well, let me rephrase that. One thing you want to spend the most money on if you made a ridiculous amount of money on a trade. What's one thing that you want to buy that is ridiculously expensive, but you if you made a ridiculous amount of money on a trade, you would go buy that thing. Uh, I would buy that new Ford Bronco Ooh. when it comes out. Ooh, yeah, that thing's that thing's nice. Yeah, that thing's nice. And bring was- it, I, I saw it and I was like, wow, Ford is doing something. They're 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 trying. Ford is trying. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, they have to try. Because at this point, they're getting all their market share eaten up slowly. So, yeah. But yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Ford Bronco. Yeah, Ford Bronco. Yeah. Nice. All right, cool. Well, that's all I got for y'all. Guys, there was so much in this. We started with minimalism and understanding just how that practically can uh, can work in your life. Some things you have to be careful of when you first start in life, just not trying to keep up with the Joneses and all that good stuff. And then we went into investing. We went into the story of how he got started investing. He said, I'm tired of listening to the man. I'm going off on my own. Yeah. And he figured out his his pathway with it. And he's been success, being able to be successful with trading. We talked about making a plan with whatever it is that you're doing, even if you're not trading stocks, but making a plan with finances, with generally everything in life. Because once you have a plan, you're able to adjust a whole lot easier but once again i just want to say thank you so much kenneth for coming on the show thank you for taking the time out there's so much that we've learned from this and guys hey go check him out on instagram go check him out on tiktok go check him out on youtube there's so much insights that i know i've been getting from all his stuff that makes it it's just helped me in so many different ways as i learn more and more about this whole investing thing so thank you once again for coming on the show and guys remember generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all and we're out. Peace.